And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today to our episode with David Payne. We had a great time shooting the shit with David. Um, he's a local. Well, hold on, hold on. I have to stop right here because this is going to get into the age-old battle of is Connecticut a New England state? I would say, and hear me out, East of Hartford, yes. West of Hartford, no. Fuck West of Hartford. Sorry. Sorry, David. Sorry, sorry, kids that are listening to this episode. Um, yeah, West of Hartford's a weird place. Um, anyway, nobody likes Connecticut, except for maybe... I mean, David Payne doesn't even like Connecticut. He moved up. Um, anyway, I'm going on a dislike of Connecticut rampage and I apologize anybody that lives there sorry um it just takes so goddamn long to drive through this is literally the conversation I'm having right now before we get into it um but yeah yeah um from the area Connecticut not far from where we are where we sit right now from where we sit to Connecticut to the line is damn half an hour if that um, so big thank you for David for being on the show. It's nice to see a local guy down in Nashville living his dream. And, you know, we, uh, we have a great time on this co- conversation in this podcast in this episode. So sit back, relax, enjoy. If it's your first time here, welcome. Um, if you can't tell already, we're a little rough around the edges. That's the way we do it here. It's all about real people, real stories, real country right here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast. It's our catchphrase and it's what we live by. You know, it's. It's how it's supposed to be. It's how it should be. Um, nothing is tailor-made here. Nothing is over-edited or produced. Uh, honestly, what you hear is what you get, everyone. It's it's the way it is. Um, you know, we don't have fancy uh, a, a fancy radio sound or any of that bullshit. It's just two dudes shooting the shit, having a great time, learning about each other. So, David, thank you for being a real dude and and doing it all man you're you're killing it i can't wait to see what keeps coming for you here in the new year and uh keep killing it guys um yeah so thanks for thanks again for tuning in boots and whiskey podcast on all socials boots and whiskey entertainment.com is the website check us out without further ado guys our conversation with the wonderful david payne enjoy we want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hey, hey. Hey, can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep, awesome. Perfect. What's up, Dip? Hey, how are you? I uh, so I I've got a podcast of my own, so maybe somewhere along the lines, like it got crossed over using the app there. So I just had to offload the app, and I just had to open up in my browser. So maybe oh, yeah. that, that. Yeah, I've noticed that if you have the app on your phone and you try to get into it, it just doesn't work for some reason. Yeah, so that, that could have been it, but we're all good now. Nice. Well, welcome. Yeah, thank you. What's your awesome. podcast about? Uh, it's a baseball podcast. Oh no shit! Yeah, I'm a big baseball guy, so I I do like uh, it was a, a weekly thing during the the MLB season there, and then we got like Instagram, TikTok pages that go along with it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not my way of staying around the game now that you know my playing days are over and whatnot. 
Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm a big baseball guy myself, and, uh, you know, I love it. You know, it's one of those things, but it's like it sucks that the season's so long. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, it's a grind for it, sure. It is. It's definitely a grind, and um, you know, it takes a lot of heart to uh, to play a you know hundred and seven thousand games. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's kind of why I, I do the podcast. It just keeps me constantly into it, and you know, doesn't let me fall off or anything. You know, I, I got to be on top of things. Yeah. Now, do you um do you cover all of Major League Baseball, or is it just you know certain aspects? Yeah, so the way that it's structured, we do uh, like a current events segment uh, every week, which is like all MLB. Then we'll do a players of the week at the major league level and the minor league level, umpire, best and worst umpires of the week, power rankings. Um, so it's just general all MLB and then even into the some of the minor league stuff. Wow. That's wild. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, what's, I, I, what's up? Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I just, I've got a, it's not just me. I've got a team of nine guys that everyone kind of has their hand in something different. So, you know, I don't have to do all that much. Um, and we still get a ton of content out of people. So a bunch of dudes that are just passionate about baseball and they each, you know, one of them is really into the minors and he does the minor league stuff. And one of them's really into this and gambling and fantasy. And so everyone kind of takes like a, a different hand in things. So it's, it's pretty fun to just have like that group of dudes to talk ball with, you know? Yeah. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, it's called Call to the Bullpen. All right. I'm going to save it for next year. Yeah, for sure. So do you guys just take a break during the offseason? Um, it's definitely slower during the offseason. That's when we're able to get, like, players to come on and talk to us because they're not busy with the season. Yeah. Um, so we try to do, like, player interviews then. Um, so that's that's how we stay busy in the offseason. That's awesome. Yep. That's so cool. I love it. So who yeah, have you had a- – I, I, Dude, this is the way this up. These are the way these shows goes. So if you if you think you're gonna be here and talk about your music, you are sorely mistaken. That. <laughs> um, so who have you had on your your show? Oh man, we so we've we really focused on getting the minor league guys on because um, one, they're a little bit more accessible, um, and also like you know get to know these guys before they make it big. So uh, we've had a couple dudes who made major league debuts this last year. So that was cool to see our guys, you know, that we talked to in the minor. You know, break into the majors. So, um, two that made major league debuts this year would be Trey Cabbage on the Angels, um, and then, um, oh god, what is Jared's last name? Jared Koenig on the Oakland A's um, were two that we had on um, that that have made big league debuts now. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And poor Jared has to play for such a shitty ass team. I know, right? But hey, I, being a, a relief pitcher for one of those crap teams is the way to go. You know, it, it really is. Quicker than else. <clears throat> it really, really is. You know, because you know the sky's the limit at that point, especially if you're a good, you know, if you're a good middle guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you can go up there and not even be all that great and still stick around because the team is so crap. Right, so. right, right. And then you get noticed, and you keep, you know, you can work in your uh, work on your shops and. You know, if somebody else is looking for somebody, and there you are. Right, yeah. Then you get traded to a contender. That's the way to go. Right, right. Absolutely. So you played – Did how long did you play for? I played all through college. Uh, my junior and senior year kind of got derailed by the pandemic, so that sucked to not get that, like, real closure with yeah. the game and whatnot. But uh, I played, you know, from the time that I was in T-ball all the way through college. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my playing career stopped when I graduated high school, unfortunately, because I <clears throat> I had to work. Yep. I had to work. And, you know, all those schedules to play in college just wouldn't allow for both. Oh, yeah. The college ball is honestly, it's a, a full time job on top of school and on top of your part time job that you have in school. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. It is, you know, time consuming and it's, you know, that's if you got other responsibilities, it is tough to keep up with that. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was, you know, growing up my whole life, like the goal was to go play college baseball. So, you know, that was always what I've been chasing after. And like I said, it sucks to have, you know, the pandemic come along and kind of shut those last two years down. But uh, hey, I got three years of eligibility left for, you know, any college coaches listening. I, I got, call me up. Yeah, I got, still got some in the arm, you know. That's awesome. Now, where, where did you play college ball? Uh, I played at two schools. Uh, my first school was Southern Vermont College in Bennington, Vermont, and then 
Um, I spent my junior and senior year at Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Nice. Nice. Yeah, because you're, you're a local to me guy, That's which is always nice to have every now and again. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Connecticut guy, yeah. so I'm a long way from home down here. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're, so you're in what? Milford, Connecticut, right? Yeah, uh, Milford, born and raised. Where the hell is that? Uh, like New Haven. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we're you're two towns over from New Haven. Okay, so you're like closer to New York City. Yeah, yeah, definitely in that like New York, you know, metropolitan area. Gotcha. So are you a Yankee fan? I am not. My whole family is Yankees fans. Um, so we would go and we would watch the Yankees play in Baltimore yeah. because it was cheaper to go yep. down for a whole weekend in Baltimore and see the Yankees play than it was to go to one game at Yankee Stadium. Yep. So I've been going to Baltimore and around 10 or so years old, I jumped ship and became an Orioles fan. And I've been the lone Orioles fan and a house full of Yankees fans for, you know, 13 years now. And finally this year, I got a taste of what. Um, being on the winning side of that relationship yeah. looks like. Yeah, because, you know, all the teams up here suck this year. You know, the Yankees are terrible. The Red Sox are terrible. The Mets were, well, the Mets are the Mets. You yeah, know, and I love every bit of it. I yeah. am. I'm I'm sure bad, you, do. you know, I, we were so bad for so long, and I got so much shit for it for years and years and years. And now it's my turn. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be toxic. I'm no, not going to hold back because people were that way to O's fans and to the O's. So I'm not going to hold back. I'm, I'm going to be as toxic as I can be now. But Yeah, hell yeah. You know, it's funny you say that about going to Camden Yards, though, from where you are and it being cheaper because even, you know, even being a Red Sox fan, like, it was a buddy and I, it was a long time ago now, probably like 11, 12 years ago, we went down to Baltimore to see the Red Sox and it was half the price, you know, and the seats were a lot better, you know, it was a better view. It was just all around a much better experience than Fenway, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and you know, it really like those road series when you got the Yankees in town, you got the Red Sox in town, you get the Rays in town, like, all the fans have kind of picked up that, like, if you want to go watch your team play, go to Baltimore and watch. Right. Um, so, you know, it's 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 such a good environment, too. I'm obviously biased as a fan, but I've been to, you know, my share of ballparks, and there's just nothing like catching a game at Camden to me. There really isn't. You know, it, it's such a different atmosphere, you know, and it's, you know, it, it's it's just weird. It's It's not weird bad. It's just weird, like, different. Yeah, it's it's just different. There's that kind of like retro open feel that's not in your face like corporate-y and right. commercial and uh, you just like it's what a baseball game should feel like to me, honestly. Right. Right. Cuz how how far is Baltimore from you? It's only a couple hours, right? And in Connecticut? Yeah. Uh, this is five, four and a half, five hours, depending on, you know, what time you leave and what kind of traffic you hit going through the the city there in New York. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I remember when we went to, we had we had hit like Philly, DC, Baltimore, you know that whole yep. that whole area. And it took us from where I am in Massachusetts. It only took us five hours to get to Philly, so that wasn't you know too bad. Yeah, and that's a, a pretty easy trip to make too. I've gone there a couple times in the last couple of years, and I like that ballpark. I like that environment there. Um, I I tell you, I I can't stand going to Yankee Stadium. I thought Fenway was. Okay. Yeah. I, I get the history and but yeah. I think that Fenway's all right. For the price, it's not great. Correct. Um yeah, you go to Fenway to for the nostalgia and the you know, the history of it. You don't yeah. go to hey, this is the greatest place in the world to see a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I felt like going to Fenway once, like I got what I needed out of it. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't I've been there, I checked it out, I'm not sure if I need to go back. That's um, fair. But that's fair. But yeah, I mean it's it's a great ballpark down there, and, and I love going there. I was there. Uh, I, one of my first opening series this year, actually just before I moved to Nashville, it was like two weeks before um, I went down for opening weekend, saw the Yankees and the O's play, and that that was a cool experience to you know be at the opening weekend this year where like things turned around for us just to get to see that team. So uh, I can't wait for next ball season already. I know it just ended, but like this is going to be a painful yeah. few months here. So you're in Nashville now? Yep. Yeah, I moved down here in at the end of April of this year. Oh, nice. Nice. What made you do that? So- 
with keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates, Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. I had had, I had a song um, like The Weather that kind of started to get some traction. And I, at that point, I was living in Bennington, Vermont, and, and kind of was at a point where I had done what I could on my own musically being in Vermont. And it was like, all right, something needs to change here for things to continue to grow and get bigger. And that thing was getting around where the music was and being around the right people who can, you know, help me grow. Um, so it was on my mind that like I wanted to move here. Um, and then I was catching up with a, a buddy from college, uh, one of my old teammates, cause he also makes baseball content. Um, he does like TikTok content and YouTube content. And we were just like catching up about baseball it was, you know, the start of the season, you know, late March, early April. And we're just catching up on like our plans for the year baseball wise. And I mentioned, I casually like slipped in. I was like, yeah, I think I got to move to Nashville soon. Um, talking about having the sounds here and like the opportunities to talk to some minor league players here. And he was like, yeah, like, I'm moving to Nashville in two weeks. I just got a job here. Like I need a roommate. What are you doing? And I was like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. Like, let's talk more about it. And he called me a couple days later. and was like, we have an open position at my job. Apply for it. Let's make this happen. And three weeks later, I got my car packed driving to Nashville. Damn. It was uh, just like the perfect storm of, you know, things happening that I just couldn't, couldn't wait any longer. Like it was just the right time. And sometimes things just happen to fall into place like that. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but it's been so worth it. Like I'm, I'm so happy I did it after being here for seven months. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, you don't have to say who you work for or what you do, but what, or, you know, whatever, but what, what do you do during the day? No, I, I mean, my, my day job, I'm the general manager at a cycle bar. It's a spin studio. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I run a spin studio during the day. I'm into fitness. I, you know, I'm a, in the gym, you know, five, six days a week. Um, so to be around, you know, the fitness industry is something that I'm interested in. And um, it's a, a good job with, you know, some flexible hours. We work around the class time. So that gives me time in the middle of my day to hop on, you know, a call with you like this or to go do, you know, an 11 a.m. right or something like I have that flexibility in my day to still have music be like my main focus because the music really is like that's the job, right? Like Cycle Bar is what I do for money, um, but music is the job and what I got to give most of my time to. So it, it's nice to have something that, you know, keeps me on my feet financially and is something I'm interested in, but also allows me the time to do what I need on, on the music side of things. Damn, that's awesome. That's the way to do it. You have like fallen into shit and coming out smelling like a rose. Yeah, it's I've listen, there's you know, I, I work hard and I network well and whatnot, but so much of it and like is just luck. Like yeah. I've gotten so lucky and I'll be the first one to tell you, like with the people around me and the opportunities that I've gotten, um, you know, maybe I, I put myself in positions to to get lucky, but like I've just been getting lucky a lot and that's that's a huge part of it. Hey, you know what? That's nothing, you know, that's nothing to worry about. You know, you, you don't mm -hmm. ever have to apologize for being lucky or using, you know, using your context to your, to your advantage ever. Yeah. And uh, that, that's it. It's, you know, a combination of, you know, hard work and luck is, is what really gets you there at the end of the day. So Absolutely. You know, I figure as long as I keep, you know, given a 110%, I'll probably keep getting lucky every now and then. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, a, a matter of getting lucky, luck, getting lucky at the, the right time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when, you know, you, you seem to have had a busy, a busy childhood and a busy, you know, high school and college life. When, how did music come into the, into the fray? Man, I, I was real quiet about music for quite a while. I think that when I put my first song out, that probably was a surprise to everyone who wasn't involved in making the song. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember being in fifth grade in elementary school, just writing like corny little songs, like on my own in my bedroom and whatnot. Um, and when I turned 16 is when I learned to play the guitar, um, when I could drive myself to guitar center 
um, didn't have to ask for a ride to go get a guitar restrung just because I don't know. I just never like to talk about it. I was in like the sports world, like maybe like doing music, you know, you see like a high school musical and whatnot, like, you know, the basketball player doing music is like this taboo thing or whatever. So like, I don't know. I was always kind of quiet about it. Um, and then you know, took myself to get my guitar restrung and started teaching myself guitar uh, off of YouTube then and kind of writing some more serious songs. Um, they suck. They weren't good songs, but <laughs> writing, so, you know, taking it a little bit more seriously then. And then once college, um, like baseball ended with the pandemic, then it was like, I want to start putting music out. Like I like these songs I'm writing. I really like doing this. Like I would like to start putting music out. So um, early on in, it must've been 2022. Yeah, I, I started putting out music um, and just been on a roll since then. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the, the backstory there. That's awesome, man. That's great for you. So you were just kind of doing it quietly so that nobody, you know, I don't want to say you were embarrassed, but you know, it was like, a, this was for you. This thing was for you. Yeah. And you know, I, I come from, I come from a really like literature oriented family. My aunt is an author. My grandfather's a newspaper editor. Like my mom reads more than anyone I've ever met. Like, so literature like runs in my family. And I guess that writing songs is kind of my form of that. And like the way that that got passed to me, um, it always was just kind of like something I did for fun. Like I would, so I wouldn't necessarily write about my life. I would like, I would tell stories like, you know, that, and that's part of what I love about country music is it is so much of it is just like storytelling. Yeah. Um, so I'd like, you know, make up stories and tell them through music. And, you know, a, a lot lately has become writing about my life and finding inspiration and, you know, every day and, and regular conversations and whatnot. But that's how it kind of started for me. And yeah, it was just like, I'd play songs for like some of my teammates in college and I would, I think the first time like I ever sang for my family was like this June, like after I had already moved to Nashville. Wow. Um, so it was like really something that I kind of kept on the down low. And yeah, maybe I, I look back and, and wish I had been a little bit more outspoken about it before, but also you know, the way that things happened led me to, to where I am now. So I guess I'm, I'm still you know, happy with the way things transpired. And if, you know, it would turn out any differently, I, I don't think I would, you know? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's fucking wild, man. That's cool. That's cool. You're the first person I think I've talked to that is like, yeah, nobody knew I was doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Like when I put out my first song is called drinking about you. And when I put that out, like I had never made a post about music. I had never, I'd maybe that song had been seen by like four or five people. Like it was super. And like moving here too must have been like a shock to, to everybody. Like even my best friends from back home that I've known for, you know, coming up on 20 years now, like they had no clue that this was something that was going to happen. So um, it's cool for them to like now, like come and visit me here and like see me go and like play a, a writer's round or something, because this is something that like a, two years ago, they didn't even know I wanted to do. And now I, you know, they get to come watch me do it. So that those moments when like I have friends in town and they get to actually see it. Um, are super cool. And I've played back home in, in Milford a few times and like just getting to have like friends and family around. Like I've never had that before. So that's it's super cool to, to get to have those moments now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's great, man. I love that. I love that. Um, now, so when you are, you know, doing the thing in Nashville and, and all that, do you, are there places you're playing more often than others? Yeah, I've kind of gotten – so I play writer's rounds down here, and I've kind of got some, like, regular ones that I like to go to. Um, like, there's one called Rebel Rouser at Winner's Bar and Grill in Midtown, and that's that's one that I really love to play at. One of my buddies, Dalton Lee, hosts it. Um, so it's always fun to, like to, – when I, when I get to play with my boys, like, my friends down here, like, that's so fun to me. It's great to go play, like, you know, with other people, but, like, it really is special to me when I'm playing with them. So, like, we try and plan stuff together. We, go, we have to go to – Rebel Rouser, um, and, and a couple others around town. Um, we go to Sonny's. Um, we go, I'm trying to think of some other places. We play at Doghouse a lot. We play, you know, a pretty regular circuit of, of bars that we'll go do writer's rounds at. Nice. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to get more into and, and be way more interested in doing some, like, solo, even, like, acoustic sets. I'd love to get a band together soon and start doing full band stuff. I think that that's probably 
like the next step for me in my evolution as an artist is getting that full band stuff going. Sure. Um, but I've been picking up some like you know, hour and a half acoustic sets around um, by myself. So starting to get, you know, like I said, I'd not done this all that much before. So my first time ever on stage singing in front of people was um, in late May um, after moving here. So I've been just kind of getting my feet wet with all that stuff still and, and working on my stage presence and whatnot. And, I'm starting to really feel comfortable doing that stuff by myself now. So I'm I'm excited for what comes next as far as like shows and, and gigs go. Hell yeah, man. Like you're in like the best spot ever for, for what for what you're doing. Yeah, I'm you know, I, I've really hit the ground running here. I didn't take any time to really get settled in, like pretty much day one. Like I started going on music stuff here and it keeps me super, super busy, but I've been able to come a long way in, you know, just seven months because of it. Yeah. Now, when you moved to Nashville, did you, ha- did you, was there anybody you were in contact with down there to, to start getting your foot in the door? Or did you just hit the ground running once you got there? Yeah, I'd met a ton of people actually through Instagram and TikTok, whether it was me messaging them or them messaging me. Um, so that's how I got hooked up with my producer, with most of my guys that I write with now, like most of my friends, like we had all kind of been in touch on TikTok and Instagram through the DMs mm-hmm. uh, and then getting down here and like actually going to meet them in person was super, super cool to, you know, these people who I were, we were talking about writing with for months and months and months. And actually some of them were a real big part of how I ended up moving down here. And, you know, they helped me get, you know, experience co-writing and experience on stage and, there's a lot of people that, you know, I met through social media before coming down here that I, I owe a lot to, for sure. That's great. That's awesome. You know, I was kind of looking over some of your, your Spotify numbers and stuff before, you know, when uh, when you were pitched to me to be, to be on the show, as weird as that may sound. Um, you know, and you've got quite the, quite the listenership. Yeah, well, it's been a, a real crazy last month and a half here with the release of Lucky. Um, I mean, my numbers on Spotify have exponentially boomed since the putting this song out. And I, I call it, you know, real good. Now we got to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint. Our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of the Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. You know, algorithm or or whatever on on TikTok and Spotify for this one. And it's been, I mean, really amazing to see the growth over this last month and a half. And it's no you know, Morgan Wallen numbers, but for, you know, where I've come from being here seven months and what my stuff looked like, you know, then like, this has been a a really crazy, like, bit of growth for me there. And I'm I'm super excited to see how we can build on this now, because we've got some good stuff in the works that, you know, I think will only continue to grow that. Yeah. Now, when when you were prepping for Lucky to come out, what were you doing? Um, I mean, so... We recorded this thing back in May, like when I first moved here, I was already working on this song um, with Keegan, who produced it. Um, we had met and actually had some like Zoom meetings to come up with this song. And we were planning on me like just taking a trip down to Nashville to record vocals for it. And then I ended up moving and we we're like, oh, cool, we can just do everything in person now. So this song had been in the work since probably like January of this year. Um, so it was a long time coming. So we had a long time to think about like what some marketing and what the messaging around this song should look like. And it was pretty clear to us that like, this is a great wedding song. Like it's not, it wasn't written to be one, but it certainly fits the bill. Um, so when we, we made it in May and it was done in May and ready to go, we were like, we want to save this thing for that wedding season time of year, that cozy and down time, you know, fall cuffing season, everyone's falling in love. So we'd been sitting on this for a while and we kind of knew that the angle to hammer on this was wedding first date proposals vow renewals like really that that entire lane there and i found a lot of success on tiktok with the first dance crowd um so i think that's that's driven a lot of people to my spotify pages and whatnot and to the song 
because um, between some of the things I've posted on there, I well over a, a million views there. Um, so I think that um, that's driven a lot of people to it. I see people, it's so cool to see people like posting their videos of like them and their, their significant other like to the song, like slideshows of their favorite pictures. And that was kind of what we had hoped would happen. Like, we hope that people hear this song and like they want to use it to show off, you know, their person. So it, it kind of hit exactly what we wanted to on the TikTok side of things. And, and that's kind of just taken on a, a bit of a life of its own. That's incredible. That's that's great. It's always good when, you know, it, you know when it's it comes out to be what you were hoping it was going to be. Yeah, because you know, a, a lot of the time it doesn't. Right. A lot of the times you have this idea of what something is gonna look like or could look like, and you've got to be good at improvising and having a backup plan and having a backup plan for your backup plan. Yep. So it's for this time for you know plan a of of get the tiktok thing going with the song like that's that's awesome that that hit and i'm gonna continue hammering that angle there uh, and, and i've had so many comments it's so cool when people say like we're gonna use this for our first dance or like we just use this for our first dance like for my song to get to be like a part of that mo like special moment that these people like cherish forever like to be a, a part of that even like indirectly is so cool to me like that's that's what it's all about. Like when your music can make someone like feel something and create a memory for someone. So I've been like absolutely loving seeing these comments. Um, and I've actually, I've gotten invited out to go sing at a few and I think I'm going to try and do as many as I can. You should. So if you're listening to this and you're getting married within a five, six hour drive of Nashville, um, or if you want to fly me out somewhere, right. let me know. Cause I want to come and play. I'll come and play as many as I can. I think that that would be super awesome to get to go and, and do some kind of thing like that. Like I saw like Dan and Shay go crash weddings at one point and I, that would just be so fun. So hit me up. You keep sending your comments about your weddings and let's figure something out. Cause I would love to go do that. Wow. That would be badass. That would be badass to do. Yeah. So I, as long as, you know, I can make it work. Like I, I will go do that. I will grab, you know, a friend, a guitar player, and a, a fiddle player, and we will come out and do your first dance. So let me know. Yeah, yeah, let them know. Go do that. Uh, <laughs> so, being a New Englander, right? Uh, we're historically we're not. You know, I mean, Connecticut's not. You know, really in New England, if you ask the rest of us. But all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we're not known up here for country music, right? Especially like when you were growing up you know, or when we were growing up. So why country music when you started playing? Yeah, it was, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't raised on country music. I came into country music probably around like my freshman year of high school or so. Um, and I could, it, I could pinpoint for you. It was um, the Montevallo album by Sam Hunt that did it. Um, he was the guy that really like made country music cool to me. And like through him, then I started listening to, you know, Luke Bryan and Blake Shelton. And then I started getting into some of the older country stuff and listening to, you know, Merle Haggard and listening to, you know, Randy Travis. And, you know, there was kind of like a gateway there um, it, through Sam Hunt, really, um, which you know, he has that genre bending style where he's got the hip hop and the R&B influences and he's super poppy. And I feel like those guys, like what Wallen is doing right now with like some of his like 180 lifestyle or the stuff with Lil Durk, like, People who push boundaries like that and can are really the ones who grow genres. Like, there's right now, Wallen is bringing so many people who five years ago would have told you, I don't like country music yeah. and making them country music fans. And I think that that's huge. And I think that you can say whatever you want about the style of those songs and if they're country or not. But at the end of the day, they get country airplay and they bring people to country music. And that has a compounding effect of. You know, they find like, you know, the way I found other artists through Sam Hunt, like people will find other artists through those those mainstream artists there. So I, I have a ton of respect for what people like that do to grow the genre. And I know that traditionalists of the genre might not love like, you know, Sam Hunt or FGL for the way that they push the genre. But it does bring people in. And that's what you need is to be constantly evolving and constantly growing the genre. And um, so it was Sam Hunt, um, guys like that, I I have a tremendous respect for what they do. And I, I hope that I can kind of do that same thing one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I get the whole, 
Sam Hunt, FGL, FGLA, F, whatever the hell they are, um, FLA um, stuff. I don't personally care too much for it, but like I get it at the same time, you know. It, and you're right. It it brings in people that would have never have listened to country music to maybe you know branch out and listen to country music. Yeah, if you can just get someone past that like initial stereotype of like country music, like I don't know, people say country music is boring and country music. Like, if you can get them past whatever their like preconceptions against country music is then you can start to get them into some of the more traditionally country stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just making like making country music cool to a mainstream crowd. I feel like country music and baseball are so much the same in that <laughs> sense of like in the sports world, people think baseball is this boring sport that like is slow and drags on. Like, well, that's because they're not intellectuals. It takes a smart it, person to understand baseball. It sure does. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Where, like, if you can get past people's head that, like, baseball is boring and you show them a bat flip or you show them something that, like, maybe is going to piss off the, the you know, old head, like, traditionalist crowd, but is going to make people realize, oh, this is kind of cool. And then they can get into it. Right. And then they can see, you know, the, the beauty and, like, the intricacies of it. And I, so I think that baseball and country music are on a, a pretty similar path. And just getting people past that, that initial prejudice. And then they realize that it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, I love that you said that because, you know, people say to me all the time about how much baseball is boring and it just slow and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? If you're watching it on TV, I get it. You're, you're right to an extent, but when you're there, it's a whole different, you know, no pun intended, but it's a whole different ball game. And honestly, it's one of the best sports for that live viewing because it's slow, because there's those kind of lulls in the action where you can have a conversation with the people around you and not miss huge right. amounts of action. Right. Um, so I think, you know, from an in-person standpoint, like watching on TV, I totally get if that's not your thing. But from an in-person standpoint, it's it's honestly one of the most fun to go with like a group to. Yeah. Um, but for that reason, you know. Right. Right, because you can exactly what you said. Like you could have a, a meeting at a ball game and not miss a thing. Yep. You know, it it's it's absolutely right. You know, I my uh my best man for my wedding took us took the you know, my wedding party to a to a Sox Yankees game and you know, we had a we had a sweet whole nine yards and we had a great time and you know, we could tell you kind of what happened at the game and uh, only because we were drinking. Heavily. <laughs> That's that's awesome. Yeah, you know? but yeah, it's it was one of those moments where it's like, hey, we're gonna do something fun, kind of really get to know everybody. That's gonna be you know together for probably forty eight hours at least, and you know, enjoy enjoy some drinks and have a good time. Nice, you know? I love that. You can't go to a hockey game and do that because it's so fast paced. Yep. Yeah. You know, you you'll lose the puck where the puck is if you look away for a second. Right. Right. So now with your music. You know, Lucky came out this year. What? When's your? What's your music plan for release? Yeah. So uh, right now we are working on a, a five song EP. Okay. Um, that probably target March, April, or so for a release there. Um, but I've got a single coming out um, next month. Um, that we actually haven't even announced yet, so uh, screw it. Let's do a, a live release date drop here. Um, December 1st, we're going to have a, a new one coming out. Um, that's going to be with my friend Jeb Bundy, um, who's another guy who I met on social media, um, and we're putting a song together now. Um, so that one's it's called This One's On You, and it's going to be out December 1st. So we got that coming. Um, I'm also working on an acoustic version of Lucky. Um, you know, we've gotten so many wedding requests and people saying they're going to use it for their first dance that we thought let's make like a stripped down acoustic like wedding version almost like a first dance version so i think i would be totally remiss if i didn't mention our friends over at 10th whiskey.com that's 10th mountain whiskey and spirit company they're out of vale colorado great great friends of ours we um we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey Podcast sent you. Cheers. So we're going to do something real cool there with an acoustic version of Lucky. That'll be early next year. 
Um, and then maybe a, a single or two from the EP before dropping that. Awesome. That's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, trying to keep a steady, uh, steady stream of music coming out and content coming out. Um, but also, like, people have been saying, dude, I'm so sick of having to go in and out of your singles to listen to all your music. And I'm like, well, just make a playlist with it all. But, you know, I guess I could put a project together for people so that they can have something to all listen to in one place. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. I love I love that you've got, like, a plan and, you know, got stuff coming and, and doing it. And, you know, you got to keep going. And, you're, yeah, you know, the songs you've put out are great. Well, thank you. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta look out and to the future and, and have a plan or otherwise you're always going to be, you know, scrambling to throw things together. And if I can give myself, you know, five months to prepare for something, that's a lot better than like, Oh, let's cram all this preparation into three weeks here. So trying to keep, you know, on top of organization and on top of planning and, you know, that way, you know, if something goes wrong, like I've got plenty of time to adjust the plan and, you know, so trying to stay you know, on top of things with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you, buddy. So I, I, you know, again, you're, you're killing it with the music. And I have to ask you being in Nashville, right? You think Nashville's ever going to get a major league baseball team? Nashville will have a major league baseball team by 2030. You think so? I have no doubt. Um, when expansion happens, expansion's going to happen. And with the A's going to Vegas, Vegas is off the table. Yeah. Um, and Vegas and Nashville were the two that I had pinpointed as when it's expansion time, they're going to get teams. Um, so I think with Vegas already getting the A's, um, Nashville will be the first one. And then I think you've got to look to like Charlotte, which is going to be too close to do a Charlotte and Nashville at the same time, like media market wise. You can't do that. So maybe Montreal maybe Portland. I think they'll do two at a time. So um, maybe a East and a West, you go Portland or maybe Oakland gets another team or something. But um, I think that the one for sure is going to be Nashville when expansion happens, maybe Nashville and Salt Lake city. Um, but I, I think that the one that's a guarantee is Nashville. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I hope so because it's, you know, they deserve it. Now, what do you think happens to the sounds once that happens? That's a good question. And I think that, that I I think they'd have to have to move. I can't think of a, another city besides, you know, the, the major cities like New York where you'll have a major minor league team um, and, then, and then a big league club. Like, you know, it's, it's not like the sounds are some like single A club, like a triple A for the Brewers. Like they um, probably relocate, honestly. Um, but I think that Nashville will take the, the big league club over. No, no offense to the sounds or anything. Oh, yeah. We love going to sound games. We love going out to the band box and, and uh, right field out there. But um, I think that the sounds probably end up having to move uh, if that happens. But I think it's pretty much a guarantee. We're getting a big league club. I think that they have a great ownership group put together here um, with the, the Nashville stars. Uh, some really major names on that ownership board from Tony La Russa, um, to Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Museum, to some of the big, um, you know, country music ambassadors like Mitchell Tenpenny. Like they've got a really solid ownership group. Nashville is a a great sports city, um, so I think that it's pretty much a guarantee. It's just a matter of when they decide to do that expansion. Yeah. Do you think? I know it's not baseball related, but do you think they ever get an NBA team? I don't know what a what the media regulations and what whatnot in the NBA look like with a, a team being in Memphis. Oh, um, right. That's right. That's right. So I don't, I don't know what, the, I mean, there's plenty of other States with two teams, right. But maybe doing an expansion would be difficult. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've got the, you've got the hockey and you've got the soccer and you've got the football. Um, so you would think that, you know, they'd be able to sustain, you know, a, a baseball and a, a basketball team as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially as the city continues to grow, you know, if there's buildings popping up here that weren't here a week ago, right? Like the city, the people are moving here. The city's growing. The city's expanding. Um, so you know, maybe it becomes an an even more attractive place to throw a, a new team. So yeah. I, I think it's definitely possible. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I think the only question mark would be like you know, with a basketball team, you know, obviously they'd probably be in the Bridgestone, right? In there, yeah, their schedule's already crazy with the things they, yeah, for you real. know, can you could you balance two major, you know, 
major league sports teams in one building and all of the other events that happen. You know what I mean? Right, because the, the music scene at Bridgestone is so uniquely, you know, big compared to these other. I mean, of course, your other arenas have you know huge music scenes. Like that's so like authentically Nashville to have like the concerts and whatnot. Right. You wouldn't want to take any kind of step back from any of that. So maybe maybe you know Vandy basketball is good enough for us for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's you know I never. I mean, obviously, when the pre- when the Preds came to Nashville, that was kind of a you know a big thing too. So who knows. Yeah, I got to get out to one of those games. I haven't been to a Preds game yet. I, I went to a Titans game. I went to the Titans home opener, and that was a, a, a ton of fun. But yeah, I got to go check out a Preds game because you know, in, in Connecticut, we got the uh, – back when I was growing up, it was the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Now I think it's the Bridgeport Islanders. Um, but we, we had minor league hockey there, and that was always fun to go watch. So um, if I was going to get into another sport, it would be hockey. And having a hockey team in town makes it so uh, – I think I got to get on that and start yeah. getting into hockey. Yeah, and they haven't been bad either, you know, so it's, you know, it's always easy to go see a game when the team isn't bad. Yep, for sure. You know you're going to have a good time either way. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks so much for coming on. I got a few more things for you before I before I uh, let you go here on your on your day. Um, you know, because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, obviously I got to ask about your boots and your whiskeys of choice. So what, oh, would, yeah. the, what would those be? So, uh, I mean... I am not this like authentically country like yeehaw guy, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm a Connecticut guy. I'm a New England guy. I didn't grow up in the sticks or nothing like that. So um, my boot choice is Chelsea boots. I'm not. I don't have a pair of cowboy boots. I got to get on that. I need a pair of cowboy boots, but I, I wear Chelsea boots when I'm I wear my boots. Um, so kind of kind of city, but still a, a little boot. Like, I'm a, a concrete cowboy. <laughs> I love that you said um, a concrete. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, it's funny. My wife. My wife says shit like that about me all the time. She's like, you're such a poser. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, I got my boots and my cowboy hat on and, and all this shit when I go to shows and stuff. And she's like, that's not even who you are. <laughs> like, fuck off. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, yay. If you like how it looks and if you can rock it, then go for right. it. Right. Hell yeah. I, you know, I wear I wear my, my belt buckle is really my my thing. You know, I've, I've got a cowboy hat. I don't wear it all that much. I got a, a beautiful Stetson. Nice. Um, so... Um, I don't wear it all that much just because um, I definitely like I, I felt at one point, you know, when I was living, I was living up in you know Vermont and then my family's got a farm up there in upstate New York and I was spending a ton of time there and it was feeling like me at one point and then I, you know, got a bit older and my music style has changed and, you know, I don't want to be out here in, you know, cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and, you know, I, I want to be authentically me and that's finding somewhere between city and country and I, I think i've you know kind of been able to find my style recently and my chelsea boots are definitely a, a big part of that and my belt buckle there but i love um, it. that's that's about as country as you'll see me all dressed up i love it i love it dude dave you're the fucking balls man i, I love <laughs> i love chatting with you it's nice to talk to somebody from you know home you know it's yeah for sure it's cool man um, we gotta we'll, we'll keep in touch because we gotta we gotta get down to nashville hopefully sometime next year and you know, do it, yeah. do an extended weekend and, you know, talk to some people and, you know, I'll probably do it during the week, but. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, no, you know, when we come down, we'll, uh, we'll get in touch. Cause I want to kind of try to do something before everybody goes out on the road for the summer and, you know, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And we'll, you, what's that? Then we'll have to split some whiskey then. Hell yeah. Hell, we'll split- yeah, and then my, my whiskey choice. Um, I would I, – so my, my go-to drink is um, Jack Apple and Coke. Okay, Jack um, I, and I love, Coke, huh? I love the Jack Apple. I think that that is – that's my favorite there. It's something about apple flavor, any kind of apple, but specifically the, the Jack Apple. But yeah, any any apple-flavored whiskey, I'm, I'm really big on. Nice. Nice. That's great. Now, do you drink when you're on stage and play Oh yeah, I'm not getting up there without having a drink first. Add a boy, I love it. I love it. All right, Dave. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, man. And we'll uh, we'll chat soon. And you know, if, for for everybody that's listening that don't doesn't know who you are, who uh, how do we get a a hold of you and in contact and follow you and all that shit? Yeah, so y'all can find me on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram at David Payne Official. Um, and then I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, 
uh, everything except Napster. Um, so if you use Napster like me, like it's 1994 still, uh, I'm not on that. But my mom has a family plan, so I'm not going to pay for my own music service. But um, So y'all can listen to my music even if I can't. Um, but yeah, David Payne on there, David Payne official on social media. Uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to come on and shoot the shit with you. Oh, hell yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. I hope we, uh, I hope we stand out amongst the other <clears throat> podcasts that are out there. No, no comment. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, no, heck yeah, man. I love to just to get on and, and not have everything be all music and whatnot because at the end of the day like i am more than just a yeah. musician you know i got interests and stuff so it's cool to, right. to you know I'll, I'll talk about baseball i could have talked about baseball with you for four more hours, oh man so. god me that too was, you know that's a, a great time man yeah. I, I love this. awesome man i'm so glad you enjoyed yourself and you know again anytime come on back yeah heck yeah well thank you so much no dude. problem bud i'll we'll talk soon all right for sure thanks right. you're welcome Bye-bye. bye Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. Well, there you have it, everyone. David Payne. David, man, you're the balls, bro. You're you're killing it. I love your story. I, I love everything you're doing, man. I'm, I'm sorry that I talked shit about Connecticut at the beginning. Um... But to be fair, I'm not the only one. Um, Joe Rogan historically has hated Connecticut. Um, I think, like I said, I think east side of east side of the state, not bad. East of Hartford, not bad. West of Hartford, that's where it gets dicey. Except for the WWE. Now again, here I go. Here I go with a tangent about Connecticut. Unreal. But anyway, David, I'm I'm busting your balls, man. I'm everybody else that lives in Connecticut that's maybe listening to this. I'm busting your balls too. Don't. Don't take it too personally. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And again, don't forget to check us out on all of our socials. And uh, bootsandwhiskeyentertainment.com. Check it out. Um, so until next time, guys, we have another episode coming for you tomorrow. Um, the Com- Comancheros are on. Um, the great guys. Those are great guys, too. And we had a great time talking to them. So without further ado, guys, thank you so much for coming in. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, here at the podcast it's all about real people real stories real country and um until tomorrow guys keep those boots on the ground the whiskey in the glass y'all cheers